Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. So today's guest on the show graduated from Johnson & Wales here in North Miami with a bachelor's in sports entertainment and event management and over 15 years of marketing experience. She has a background both leveraging sports and marketing, but also playing and training golf at a high level. Today, we welcome Tiffany DePani to the podcast. Hello, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to have you here. So tell me where your passion for sports first began. So I grew up in the great state of Rhode Island, where you eat, sleep, and breathe everything New England. And so big Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, and Pats fan. You could say my passion really started there. Uh, Grew up in the same city as the Paw Sox in Pawtucket. So just was kind of a cultural thing and started playing tennis when I was about five. Played that about um, till 10th or 11th grade, but I had started playing golf when I was about eight or nine years old and just realized that I had a lot more potential for that and could just loved it more by the time I got to high school. So focused on that and um, just, just grew as a little tomboy that loved everything. I know you, uh, you know, have a passion for still following the LPGA and, and the value that brings to business. Um, how does your discipline on the course, you playing yourself, contribute to your work efforts on a daily basis? So as any athlete in general, um, you have to have some sort of self-discipline or at least in sort of accountability that will help you find some sort of routine or habitual activities that will determine and lead to your success. So I think that's the same with your your career um, and in your personal life as well, that there has to be a routine of behaviors, um, education, things that are gonna contribute to your personal and professional growth. So I think also, especially for golfers, it's an individual sport. It's a lot different than that team atmosphere. Uh, you spend a lot of time practicing by yourself, even playing by yourself. So that self-discipline, that even self-motivation really has to be there to get up and go. And it's a game of integrity. So it's, it's a game where you can actually call a penalty on yourself. You can say, hey, nobody saw this, but I messed up, um, which I don't know any other sport you, you do that. So that really plays into yourself um, and and is a significant part into my own personal integrity, my work ethic, and just overall character. And turning that on the other side, you know, taking clients out, networking, how how do you leverage business on the golf course? So on the golf course, I have to say just, you know, it's opened up so many doors. I think first of all, being a female golfer that can compete with the majority of guys out there gave me the upper hand uh, because there was just a lot of opportunity, whether it be for you know that advantage off the red tee and scrambles or just being in the right place at the right time, having something in common with somebody that you want to do business with, being that icebreaker. 
Um, and honestly, there were people that if I was looking for a long-term relationship with them, if I thought this was a, a good long-term partnership, but it was going to be a, an intimate partnership of some type, a, a trust-based partnership, I bring them out to the golf course. Because it'll tell you a lot about somebody's personality and their character when they're on the golf course. Like I said, if they're, you know, they're trying to cheat some strokes here and there. They're trying to get that favor. They, um, you know, you're, you're with somebody for four hours, just you and them or a couple other people. So, and you're, you're doing this thing you have in common. So I think it really tells you about the other person and shows a lot in that time period um, but again, just big icebreaker to meeting people. It, it breaks down those walls of that sales atmosphere, that, that pressure, um, and relationships in business, that's where it's at. So it, that's, that's the most valuable currency. So if I can show that I'm trying to get to know you, share a passion for golf, um, it's something that's just going to continue on and build upon that relationship that hopefully will be a, a great business relationship as well right and i mean how how many other places do we really get a four-hour period of time to captivate someone's attention you know that's, that's yeah and you you learn so much about the other person right so you start having other conversations not your typical lunch business you know meeting where it's oh tell me about your kids and your family and this or that you you know, things come up as you're playing, you talk about your experiences, you talk about this golf course I might have played at, or just different types of conversations happen on the golf course that don't get to happen. And like you said, how much, how, how many times do you get that amount of time with somebody? And how are you going to use that and captivate that time um, with them to really take advantage of it and, and get to know them, get to know how they work? and then how you guys can work together. And for someone that doesn't have the greatest short game, hitting off the, uh, hitting off the, the grass, what, what's a piece of advice you would give me? <laughs> Stick to the scrambles. <laughs> Stick to the scrambles. That, those, you know, honestly, those are great, not only just to play in the, in the golf or to um, invite somebody out, but, if you can sponsor some business golf tournaments and, and get involved on the opposite end of it, it's, it's another great way to do business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's a charity component or something you're giving back to yeah. at the same time. So it's a dual purpose, right? So, we've, so we've known each other for a long time. When we first met, you were overseeing a large chain of chiropractic and medical recap locations, all their marketing. You're the CMO there. How did you leverage live sporting events at the time to get in front of your referral sources? So we had um, in the in in many industries, right? You you can you don't you have referral power, and that's really your strongest suit. And and what is your referral power? I can't pay people for legal cases or medical cases or other types of referrals in other industries that you can pay people for their referrals for their business. Um, and there's a lot of industries like I was in the medical that you can't do that. So how do you show your appreciation? How do you use, um, whether it's a sporting event or a concert or a comedy show, how do you use entertainment in general to leverage that for business? So we went at the company that I was at, 
our marketing dollars, a lot of it went into having, uh, first of all, a suite at the BB&T Center or whatever it is today. Um, or then, yeah. Yeah, then, now. Uh, so we, we had a suite that was there for all the Panthers hockey games and all the concerts. We also had a handful of tickets to the Miami Heat game. So we were, and this is back when the Heat were in the championships and everything was going and that was the thing, right? So it was yep, either man. you were at a Heat game or you were at a concert and you wanted to be there. You, that, that was the thing. So I was using these methods of entertainment and knowing that, hey, I have clients that love to bring their family to a Panthers game. Let's give their family the suite for their kid's birthday party, right? Hey, what better is that? Um then, you know, meeting people for companies that I wanted to get into, if I could identify not just people, individuals, if I can identify a company that their insurance was great, and I knew that they could come into my office and nothing out of pocket, and I'm just going to profit off of it. Well, I found one person at that office or that company or wherever they were. And I said, hey, let's bring all of your your workers out for the suite for tonight. Let's give it to you or let's give it to a charity for the night or let's let's show you our appreciation in other ways. And again, it was also a nice icebreaker to those gatekeepers. So you know who those gatekeepers are and you can't get to them and nope. you need this nice soft approach uh, so you're not just any other person trying to come around with coffee and donuts and cookies and trying to get somewhere where if you can tap into, you know that their kid loved hockey or their kid loves LeBron. Um, what was better than offering them seats to those games that, you know, is an experience for them. Because I think if we can, people don't value or, or don't focus on the value of an experience at these live events, it's not just a game. It's, it's a whole encompassed experience. And you know that better than anybody yeah. is you don't just sell a ticket to a game or a ticket to a show. You sell an experience and you can provide these people with memories and experiences that they can't get anywhere else. You know, so it was, it was going, going to uh, going to one playoff series in 12 years. You don't have to teach me <laughs> about selling, selling the experience or the building or everything about it versus actually selling a winning team on uh, whatever the uh, format. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yet you still said? sold and did well <laughs> thank you very appreciate that i was lucky to have good people to teach me and work with so yeah. what was one of the biggest you know successes in doing so whether it was a certain instance or a certain you know transaction or certain you know what would you say was the biggest success story of utilizing that to market your referral mm. so i think um you know, when it comes to using golf, I got into a lot of doors. Um, like when I was working for um, Callaway, and, you know, I could play golf with a lot of these guys and people that we wanted to sponsor. So I was on the marketing team and able to go entertain and talk with Pudge Rodriguez and Alice Cooper and get them to wear our apparel in photo shoots and everything. Um, at, at some you with a good partnership and then for the suite i think my biggest home run was one of the airlines um there was there's an airline that had just tremendous insurance and i had been trying for years to get into that 
find that gatekeeper, like the unions and stuff. And I saw a guy in Starbucks and he kept seeing him every week and he had an American air, he had the um, airline shirt on. And I said, hey, I said, uh, you, you like hockey, right? I've seen you in here with a Bruins hat on and everything. I said, what, what if I was to say I could get you to the Bruins game coming up in a couple weeks? It's like, oh, that would be great. And I said, well, you know, what about like 20 tickets so that you could bring all your, your coworkers and have like a night out and sell some tickets for your foundation to it. And I'll give it to you for free. You guys could raise some money for your, your charity for your employees and go to the Bruins game and home run. That was it. He brought every person I needed to know to walk through those doors and more. Um, and that was probably our most successful relationship and, and way into getting into that because then it just, it was just like a snowball because we just started to get these people talk to these people and talk to those people. And, um, we just getting more and more referrals. It was great. That was a good one. The sports kid in you, you can do a collaboration with any athlete to, you know, support a campaign or something you're working on. Who would you want to partner with? Ooh, goodness. I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm going to be a bit of a little uh, women's golf nerd here. And I'm going to say that I would love to do something with Annika um, or even Lorena. I would, I, I think I'm just, yay women's golf I think we could crush it <laughs> and if you had to kind of be uh I guess you know I guess smart and listen to them and, and they could tell you one area of your game to work on where would they tell you oh they tell me stop coming over the top all day long okay keep your head down and stop coming over the top self-improvement in life any area it's always important so tell me a little about your pivot you know with all the different marketing you've done digital's obviously evolved over the years and you've pivoted into more of the digital space you know tell me a little bit more about what you're doing now and your approach yes yeah, so after um you know a while in the the big corporate scene and um working in in the sports industry um some for some major brands and I just realized that um, I think it was it it was more of the Rhode Island girl in me that really wanted to help the small businesses. And as as much as I loved corporate America and I love these big brands and all these things, I just I just found myself always helping my friends and families that had small businesses. And because I was um, my time with the chiropractic and medical group is really when social media marketing came out and I was lucky enough to get uh, connected with a lot of the leaders in that industry back in the day, like, you know, like 15, 16 years ago. And so I was, I was very well integrated into the digital world at that time. And so I was helping friends and family with their businesses, try to take off digitally. And I just said, you know, my heart is really more in this. So I, um, I left that area back in 2016 and started my own company called Dupani Dynamics. And we focused really on the small to medium sized business. We, that, and the entrepreneurs and the, the startups, the people that, how can I take my higher level experience and, and give the small business, the passion, the, the family man, the company that really just needs that, how can I give it to them? at a more affordable level and a more hands-on level and really grow with them. Because I like, that's, those are my favorite stories in my business is the people that I've been working with for, for like three, four years now 
and we're just growing. We're growing. I'm seeing their business grow. I'm seeing their business pivot, their business, you know, accelerate, um, especially now. I think you're going to see a lot of industries pivoting. Um, so yeah, that's my it's, next it's question. Awesome. So you mentioned pivot, it. right? Yeah, you mentioned pivot. That was going to be my next question for you. You know, how have you evolved in 2020 and, and what are some things you've done and pivoted that you're, you know, that you're proud to share? Mm. Well, you know, I, um, for my, my DuPont Dynamics company, we do a lot of consulting. We're doing a lot of one-on-one um, -on -one training, staff trainings with companies and um, communications training. So that's gone really virtual. Um, you know, everything was trans... It was more of, of how do I start to find solutions for my clients that are in a variety of industries, whether it be small boutique fashion, whether it be restaurants, I have clients in the sports arena, the legal, medical, all facets. How do I help them now transition? It wasn't really about me and my business because I am in the digital world. How did I, how do I help them transition and how do I help them find different areas? Uh, but one thing that I really, another passion of mine is I have a, a program called social savvy seniors. And the whole thing is to teach senior citizens how to use technology and how to stay connected. So when this all happened, um, that kind of now is taking a pivot role and we're doing virtual lessons and virtual trainings um, for them. But I, I think going forward, no matter what industry you're in, Zoom is going to now be uh, the way that we communicate. I believe that, you know, whether it be telemed or insurance companies or sporting events, I, it's every single industry in the world has been affected by, by 2020. <laughs> Everything in 2020, not just one thing. So it, it's, you know, it across the board, it's going to be very interesting to see, um, and, and also how these industries all interconnect and how they're related. So, how about like the sports industry? All these companies that you and I know that relied on sports as a way of referral power, as a way of, mm -hmm. you know, stock in their company almost. They overnight they lost it. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you've got two different completely industries that aren't connected in any way, but now they are and and they've lost out both. So um, the next six months, I think, is just going to be extremely critical for so many players in this business, in any business. And I think it's going to be also um, very telltale of what industries can sustain, what industries need to sustain, but will need to pivot as well. Right. I mean, retail going e-commerce, you know, sports in a mm. bubble. It's uh, definitely a transitional time. Well, I thank you very much for joining us today and, you know, helping provide our listeners with some more value. And um, I look forward to speaking with you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed this. Of course. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.